how is this out and about? Thought I'd see if anybody wants to play some round ball. You're listening to the Bet Slippin' Podcast Daily NBA Show. Featuring Jeff Clark from USA Today Sportsbook Wire. What's up, homies? Thanks for streaming the Bet Slippin' Podcast Daily NBA postseason show. It's Thursday, April 21st. It's your host, Jeff Clark. And man, did I get smacked around in the Wednesday NBA playoff slate. Went 0-4 on my best bets. I'll recap those here in a second. My playoff record is down to 4-11. I'm 4-9 in the first round after an 0-2 performance in the play-in game. So it's looking pretty bad, but I'm, I'm going to keep firing from this hole that I built, put myself in, and plan to make it out um, in the positive at some point in the postseason. Not sure if we'll get there by the end of the first round, but... Um, I know I can. I, I know I'm. I, I um. I'm grinding and and uh, putting my best foot forward and plan on uh, getting myself out of the hole that I built. Like I said, so um, I have three best bets in this uh, Thursday NBA playoff card. I'm going to take the Memphis Grizzlies money line, which is priced at minus 140. I'm going to take the Dallas Mavericks plus six and a half, uh, which is minus 108, and I'm going under. In uh, the Warriors Nuggets game, which is total at two twenty two and a half, um, the under is a little cheaper. It's minus one oh seven. All these odds are provided by the sponsor of this podcast and sportsbookwire.usatoday.com, which is the uh, Typico Sportsbook. They're a global sports betting leader that's now live in New Jersey and Colorado. Uh, and you can make your favorite sports more interesting with Typico's fast and easy mobile sportsbook app. New users from this podcast can get a welcome bonus at usatodaybet.com slash podcast. That's usatodaybet.com slash podcast. Uh, terms and conditions do apply. You must be 21 or older to game with Typico. So please see their website for details. And if you have a gambling problem, please call 1-800-GAMBLER for New Jersey and one 800 522-4700 for Colorado. Please remember to gamble responsibly, y'all. Okay, so I was 0-4 Wednesday. I missed the Brooklyn Nets, plus 3.5. They lost game 2 to the Boston Celtics, 114-107. It was a pretty epic second-half uh, collapse in the Brooklyn Nets. They were up by 10 going into halftime, up by 5 going into the fourth quarter, and uh, actually got outscored 29-17 in the fourth quarter. Kevin Durant finished with 27 points. So on paper, it didn't look like uh, uh, that bad of a performance from him, but he was 18 of 20 from the foul line, 4 of 17 from the field. And I could definitely say Boston's defense got the better end of their matchup with Kevin Durant in this game as well. So I was a little surprised to see that Kyrie Irving um, fell off a cliff uh, his game two performance fell off a cliff from his game one performance. He was four, 13, 10 points. Uh, the defensive player of the year, Marcus smart did an absolute fantastic job guarding him. And, and Boston's defense as a whole was just fantastic Wednesday. So we were on the wrong side of that one. It feels like a bad beat. It, it probably was a bad beat, but Boston is a legitimate, um, has a legitimate home court edge at the TD Garden. They're a great, um, they're a great two-way team, both offensively and defensively. And they, uh, they, they beat the Nets for four quarters or through four quarters. So, what can I say? Um, I also whiffed in the player prop that I took in this game. Uh, I hit, I uh, missed on Marcus Smart's over fourteen and a half points. He ended up with twelve points. 
his volume was a little down from just shooting nine shots, was three and nine um, from the field, got to the free throw line six times, converted on five of those attempts. So that's pretty good, but was one of six from the three-point line, and that's essentially where we lost this bet. Um, if he hits one more three, obviously it goes over 14 and a half. And I actually got Marcus Smart over 13 and a half point, uh, his, on his point prop with my book. And it was on, it was at 13 and a half on Tipico right before we started recording. As we were recording, it went up to 14 and a half. So I even got good closing line value. I was willing to play it up to 14 and a half and still, I uh, didn't get there. So, that sucked. I actually uh, went back and forth with Fox Sports analyst uh, Jason McIntyre, who's, who's a homie of mine. Um, he was leaning towards the Marcus Smart over assist prop, which was priced at five and a half. And uh, Marcus Smart finished with only five assists. So it was just a down offensive day for Marcus Smart. Um, and, and honestly, that was not so much a bad beat. It was more of a bad read on my end. It was probably... Uh, Marcus Smart was most likely going to use his bandwidth and his energy towards um, uh, defending Kyrie Irving and Lesser on offense. So it was a whiff by me. Sometimes I say that I don't have bad handicaps, but players let me down. I think in the the, the Marcus Smart handicap was um, was wasn't a very good one. Although I, I do. Um, stand by my Brooklyn Nets handicap. The next game that I whiffed on, not a good handicap. I took over two sixteen and a half with the the Philadelphia 76ers versus the Toronto Raptors game three. Um, it might have been two fifteen and a half. I don't even really remember. Um, either way, neither side would have won. I actually had hope that game got in overtime, um, and it was tied one hundred one. Um, with like three seconds remaining before Joel Embiid hit a game-winning three-pointer. But I was having hopes that it was going to get a second overtime and we were going to uh, get really lucky and give the the under a bad beat. But um, I, I, all my logic was pretty poor, I guess, in this game. I, I anticipated uh, Toronto's offense um, um, playing at a higher pace and, and connecting on more three-point shots, which was the case in the first half, but they couldn't sustain that pace, which seems to be um, um, the pattern that Toronto is following in this in this series. They, they start off the first and second quarter playing pretty well offensively and then just end up shitting the bed. So this was a bad read. This was a bad handicap. Um, but I am going to use some of what I've picked up from this game and apply it to a handicap today. And then the other game um, that we whiffed on, I took the over in the Chicago Bulls, uh, Milwaukee Bucks game two. Um, it was I took over two twenty five and a half. It ended at two twenty four with the Bulls winning one fourteen to one ten. Now, to be honest, I didn't even watch the end of this game. Um, I uh, I celebrated the holiday yesterday in my legal state of California, so I actually passed out before the end of the game. Um, I passed out before the end of the end of the game, and I uh, had to go back and and, and go through the the play by play on on one of the the apps that I use, and uh, I felt like the over was a bad or the over not cashing was a bad beat. Um, uh, Grace and Allen missed a free throw with no time left on the clock. Pat Connaughton missed a three-pointer um, with in, in, in the, the final second. So we could have gotten over that total. Um, but 
be that as it may, we had an 0-4 uh, Wednesday, so it sucks, but we're going to pick ourselves up, du- dust ourselves off, and, and hit the Thursday slate hard, and hopefully we can make back some of the money we lost yesterday. I uh, took two sides and a total on Thursday. The first one, I'm grabbing the Memphis Grizzlies money line. It's uh, it's a bit square. We're going to lay a big number, minus 140. Most of the public's on it, so... Don't get in my replies telling me most of the public's on it. I know it's um, hate being on the same side of the public, but sometimes they get games right, and I feel as though they're going in the right direction with this one. I mean, Memphis um, has a similar identity to, to Minnesota, like I said, but Memphis is a lot more efficient. Um, and I also made the comparison in game one, uh, taking Minnesota money line and Minnesota plus the points to Memphis's upset over Utah in the first round last year, saying that Minnesota is riding the momentum of the play-in, and they're going to come in and upset a much better team in, in game one. Well, in game two, Memphis beat the brakes off of Minnesota. Looks like they've figured out and made the, the necessary adjustments in this series, and I think Memphis is going to cruise past Minnesota from here on out. Um, the adjustment that, that Memphis made actually was – by pretty much taking Steven Adams off the floor and using more athletic bigs like Jaron Jackson, Xavier Tillman, and Brandon Clark to defend Carl Anthony Towns. Carl Anthony Towns loves to um, 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 handle the ball, get out there on the perimeter, and and be more of like a of a wing than than a big. So it doesn't really make sense for Steven Adams to be out there. He helps their rebounding significantly, but doesn't help their fast break offense and fast break um, basketball and Memphis still has a, a, a significant edge on the glass even with Steven Adams out of there so in fact uh, Memphis has an edge on the offensive rebounding um, in the offensive rebounding department and the ball security department both protecting and forcing turnovers or protecting the ball and forcing turnovers and they have a, a huge strength on a uh, weakness edge and fast break basketball uh, Minnesota is bottom 10 in second chance points per game allowed, points off of turnovers per game allowed, and fast break points per game allowed. So those are things Memphis likes to do. They're going to be able to do them against Minnesota. And, uh, again, I am really high on Memphis's decision to have Jackson, Tillman, and Clark defend Cat instead of Adams. It's going to really help their fast break efficiency and that's a, a spot of weakness for Minnesota plus Memphis's backcourt is much better than Minnesota's that's something you already knew but I'll take Desmond Bain Dylan Brooks who hasn't even played very well and John Moran over Pat Beverly D'Angelo Russell and Mike Malik Beasley um, I don't I don't really consider Anthony Edwards into that mix but even so and adding the wings I, I'd still take Memphis's backcourt and perimeter over Minnesota's and it's just a good spot for Memphis. They're five and three against the number as one to two and a half point favorites. They're five and two in their last against the number in their last seven visits to Minnesota. Minnesota's just three and nine against the number as one to two and a half point underdogs. Now we're not laying the points, um, but um, that is the price point of the Memphis Grizzlies. They're minus two and a half um, right now heading into this game. We're going to go with the money line minus one forty because. Uh, This could come down to the wire, and I don't want to sweat the uh, two and a half. So let's go with the Grizzlies money line. Our second best bet will be the Dallas Mavericks plus six and a half. 
Um, I'm going to sprinkle on the money line as well, but the plus six and a half is priced at minus 105 on Tipico. Dallas beat the Jazz 110 to 104 in game two. Jalen Brunson dropped 41 points. Dallas hit 47% of its three-point attempts, 22 of 47, so they shot phenomenally from the field. And Donovan Mitchell just keeps con- chucking up contested step-back threes, and Utah's deep offense is just absolute trash, and their defense can't stay in front of ball handlers. So Jalen Brunson, Spencer Dinwiddie are going to get into the paint uh, and into the teeth of Utah's defense at will, collapse that defense, and kick it out to open three-point shooters. I don't see anything changing. Um, if Utah takes Rudy Gobert off the floor um, to try to get some more like perimeter defense and more quickness, they're going to just get crushed at the rim. And um, if they don't take them off the floor, then they're going to give up wide open threes. So it's just not a good matchup for the Utah Jazz. And to me, this line is the odds makers are begging for Utah money. Uh, Utah was favored six in Dallas. Now they're only favored six and a half, seven in some spots at home. It suggests to me that the odds makers know Dallas is on the right side and they want as much pro, uh, as much Utah money as they can get. Also, Luka could play in this game. He's listed as questionable and he's trending towards playing. Whether or not he plays in this game, we'll see, but he definitely could play. Um, later on down the series. So I actually just took the Dallas Mavericks plus 255, um, excuse me, plus 195 on the adjusted series price. Uh, I'm not sure what it is right now in Tipico, but I like the Mavericks to win the series. I like them to cover this number, and I'm sprinkling them on the money line here. Also, Dallas is 5-2 and two against the number as 5-7 to seven point underdogs, 6-1 and one against the number in their last seven visits or their last seven games against the Jazz. Jazz are 5-12-1 against the number at home versus winning team. So our second best bet is the Mavericks plus 6.5. And, and our final best bet, we're going with the under 222.5 um, in the Warriors-Nuggets game three. The Golden State stomped Denver 126-106 to in game two. Um, this this death lineup, this 2.0 death lineup of Seth Steph Curry, Steph Curry, excuse me, Clay Thompson, Jordan Poole, Andrew Wiggins, and Draymond Green could be a real issue for the Western Conference uh, in the playoffs. And and if the Warriors make it that far, it'll probably be on the strength of what that lineup does. They've been sensational. Jordan Poole has uh, been a breakout star here in these playoffs and. Golden State's offense looks pretty unstoppable, which is part of the reason why I'm going with the under. All the basketball logic suggests this game's going to go over, and I essentially use my the same square analysis to take the over in the Philadelphia 76ers-Raptors uh, game yesterday. But... Um, and, and that square analysis was the Golden um, Philadelphia's offense is unstoppable. Toronto's uh, role players will shoot better at home. Um, their back is against the wall, so we're going to see more um, offensive, I guess, desperation and and just more three-point attempts out of Toronto. And the same can be said for this Warriors-Nuggets meeting, right? But I also think there's a chance that the Denver Nuggets try to really slow down this game to avoid the war- getting into a three-point shootout, the Warriors, because there's just no way Marcus Morris, Jeff Green, 
um, excuse me, Monty Morris, Jeff Green, um, Austin Rivers, Bryn Forbes. These dudes are going to outshoot the Warriors. That's that's probably not going to happen. Um, but the how uh, and um, more importantly, or most importantly, it it feels like the odds makers are seeing this as well because there's there's significant reverse line movement towards the uh, under in this spot. Um, and, and it would suggest the over is a square play, that line movement. This total opened at 226, and it's down to 222 and a half. Now, I'm not crazy about getting the worst of the number, but I still think there's value in taking the under in the spot here. Um, and, um, you know, we want to be on the same side as the house because the house always wins. Well, the square logic that I use in the Philly-Toronto game three yesterday is is the same that's being used when betting the over, and all that logic is already baked in the line, as they would say. So um, I'm sure the odds makers are uh, factored in this being a must-win for the Denver Nuggets and the Warriors um, being unstoppable on offense versus this poor Denver defense. But um, also, the overs 5-1 and one in the last five Golden State-Denver meetings. So... Um, the trend would point to the over, yet the line movement suggesting under here. I will say there are a couple under-friendly trends for Golden State that I really like in this matchup. Um, they're 9-15 and 15 to the under as road favorite to the minus 7.4 total margin. And Golden State's 3-11-1 and 11 and 1 towards the under with 2-3 to three days of rest with a minus 7.6 total margin. So there's a couple under-friendly trends, but... I'm really abandoning logic in this one. It would, to me, make more sense um, betting the over here. But, you know, the line movement, um, the Golden State under-friendly trends, and, and just the idea of maybe Denver really slowing down this pace has me going towards the under. So I'm adding the under 222.5 in the Warriors-Nuggets game to the Memphis Grizzlies money line, game three at Minnesota, and I'm going to take six and a half with the Dallas Mavericks at the Utah Jazz. Hopefully, I'm rallying. Oh, man, I was so confident in yesterday's picks. Went 0-4. My bad if you followed me. Um, regardless of if you're following me or fading me, I suggest you do your own homework. Um, I'm doing my best out here, but, you know, if you're going to make some omelets, you're going to break some eggs and... Um, it might be a long road towards profit here in this NBA postseason, but I plan on getting there. Uh, again, best of luck whether you fade or follow me. I'll talk to you guys tomorrow. Peace. Thought I'd see if anybody wanted to play some round ball. You're listening to the Bet Slippin' Podcast Daily NBA Show featuring Jeff Clark from USA Today Sportsbook Wire.